Welcome to this episode of Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast giving you advice, tips and tools for getting the most out of your research. I'm Zandi Lenare and today I'll be talking to you about Lamely Buffer and how it works. Electrophoresis encompasses a wide range of techniques in which charged biomolecules in a liquid, a solid or semi-solid solution are separated by size by the application of an electric field. The most common application of electrophoresis in biology is the separation of proteins by SDS page. Irrespective of how you obtained your protein sample and what its end use is, you need to mix it with a solution to make it compatible with the SDS page. The solution is called Lamely buffer and is invariant in nearly all protocols. In this article, we'll cover the components of Lamely buffer, what they actually do, and end with a handy buffer recipe for your lab notebook. Lamely Buffer takes its name from Professor Ulrich K. Lamely, who refined the SDS page procedure in the 1970s. It creates the physiochemical conditions necessary for the high-quality separation of protein analytes based on their molecular weight. It does so through the requisite blend of the five following reagents. Sodium dodecal sulfate, also known as SDS, a reducing agent, glycerol, trihydroxymethylaminomethane, or TRIS, and a dye. So what do the five components of Lamey Buffer do? A smart scientist knows what the reagents in their experiments do. So let's delve into the chemistry and purpose of the Lamey Buffer components. First, let's start with SDS. Why do we need it? SDS is a well-known detergent that's often used to denature proteins. It does so by disrupting non-covalent bonds to destabilize the secondary, tertiary, and quaternary structural assemblies. Denaturing the protein analytes in SDS page is crucial so that their separation is solely a function of molecular weight. It is also used to impart a net negative charge onto all of the protein analytes so that they all migrate in the same direction during an SDS page experiment. The negatively charged sulfate moieties on an SDS molecule make it an anionic surfactant. The net negative charge it imparts when it binds to protein analytes causes repulsion between amino acids, including SDS, in Lamely buffer leads to protein denaturation to give a linearized version of the protein analytes. Since all of the protein analyte molecules will be coated in SDS, the experimenters, you and I, can control their charge by adjusting the pH of the buffer to which they are exposed. By preparing the SDS page running buffer at pH 8.3, we are effectively ensuring that all of the sulfate moieties are deprotonated or negatively charged. Thus, all of the analytes will migrate towards the anode when we turn the power pack on. It's estimated that 1.4 grams of SDS can bind 1 gram of protein. Now let's talk about the second component, a reducing agent. Why do we need it? Remember when I said the SDS will break apart analyte quaternary structure? Well, I was lying. Some quaternary structures are held together by disulfide bonds, which are covalent. Because they're covalent, SDS won't touch them and a specific reagent is needed to break them apart. Enter the reducing agent. How does it work? The common reducing agents, beta-mercaptoethanol, or BME, and dithiothreatol, or DTT, contain thiol groups. Without breaking out the mechanisms, the proton in the thiol group is labile. The deprotonated form of a thiol group is called a thiolate group, and it's negatively charged because it has an extra electron. This electron attacks one of the sulfur atoms in the disulfide bond, and well, what happens next depends on what reducing agent you're using. But skip forward to the end, and the reducing agent now contains the disulfide bond. It's been oxidized, and the sulfur atoms on the protein analytes that were once involved in the disulfide bond 
are now each bonded to a proton instead. They've been reduced to two thiol groups. Next, let's talk about Tris and why it's needed. Tris functions to maintain a pH of 6.8 to keep the laneway buffer chemically stable. Tris also inhibits a number of enzymes and so can prevent proteases from degrading your analytes. Preparing the laneway buffer at pH 6.8 also helps to achieve maximum resolution for your SDS page experiment. But how does Tris work? Tris is the conjugate base of the buffer solution. Like all buffer solutions, it can sequester excess hydrogen ions or hydroxide ion species that may evolve over time due to, say, the degradation of other components of the solution or absorption of at atmospheric carbon dioxide. As to why a pH of 6.8 helps to achieve maximum resolution, it's a little complicated. Basically, pH 6.8 matches that of the stacking gel. pH 6.8 is also close to the isoelectric point, PI, of glycine, which is 6.08. And the SDS page running buffer uses a tris glycine, not a tris HCl buffer system. In an SDS page experiment, the tris HCl, protein analytes, and glycine from the running buffer all enter the stacking gel at the same time. The chloride ions will fly through the stacking gel because they're relatively small and fully negatively charged. Glycine, on the other hand, migrates relatively slowly through the stacking gel because it's only deprotonated a fraction of the time. The pH of the stacking gel is only slightly above the pi. Protein analytes, meanwhile, migrate at a speed that's between the two extremes of the chloride ion and the glycine. This results in a sandwiching effect, and all of the analytes get bunched together prior to entering the resolving gel. This is conducive to sharp resolved bands when you stain the gel. Now let's talk about glycerol and why it's necessary. It's all well and good doing fancy biochemical alterations to your analytes, but remember that your SDS page gel is submerged in running buffer. Pipetting in your analytes at this stage would see them just diffuse into the gel tank. Sad times. A good dollop of glycerol can prevent this, but how? Well, glycerol is denser than water, which is simple enough. So mix enough of it into your lamely buffer and your sample mixture and the whole solution will be denser than water. Thus, it will sink when you carefully load it onto the SDS page gel. The density of glycerol is 1.26 grams per cubic centimeter. Here's a pro tip. Glycerol is a difficult liquid to pipette accurately and is much easier to measure out by mass. So simply multiply your desired volume of glycerol by 1.26 to get the mass you need to add and pipette it into your Eppendorf tube on a balance. Lastly, let's talk about dye and why we need it. A dye, usually bromophenol blue, is added into the sample buffer and enables us to see our sample as we load it onto the SDS page gel. It's not strictly necessary, but you need good eyesight to forgo it. Similar to the chloride ions mentioned already, the dye molecules will migrate through the resolving gel much quicker than your protein analytes. All the dye molecules actually migrate together in a line called the dye front. As long as the dye front is still on the gel, you can be confident that even the lightest of your analytes is still on the gel. How does it work? Simply, it turns the lamely buffer blue or any color you want. In the episode description, as well as in the article, we've provided you with a handy buffer recipe, which you can use to prepare your own lamely buffer. A concentrated lamely buffer can be stored at four degrees centigrade for at least a year without worrying about its effectiveness. If you don't have BME, you can use DTT instead, but re-add it every now and then because it's less stable than BME. So now you have the know-how to prepare your own lamely buffer for SDS page, and better yet, how it works. 
That's it for this article detailing lamely buffer and how it works. Check out the episode description for links to related articles and resources. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get more help and advice from mentors at your bench side. Are you always on the go, but still seeking valuable insights to advance your research? Well, look no further than Listen In, the podcast from Bite Size Bio that offers the benefits of webinars in a portable format. With webinars featuring leading researchers and commercial specialists discussing techniques like CRISPR-Cas9 and microscopy. With Listen In, you can tap into their expertise and drive your research project forward efficiently and productively, no matter where you are. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for Listen In in your podcast app to subscribe.